60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer, and you're on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. And it's all about you saving thousands. It's all about the information that you will get from Robert Palmer, who is the empowering voice that you've been waiting for. He comes to the radio with easy-to-follow guidelines designed to equip you with the tools so that you can handle the good, the bad, and the sometimes ugliness of finances coming in and out of your world. It could be credit cards. It could be bank loans. It could be personal loans. It could be putting your money to work for you and making sure that if you do reach out to somebody and invest some money, that you're not being taken advantage of. You've got to know everything about the fees that can be charged and about service charges and all that sort of thing. Well, that's what you learn right here. And it's very simple. We're not talking about the World Monetary Fund. We're not talking about Harvard or Yale economics. We're talking about you and me. We're talking about people that either get paid every Friday or paid on the 1st and the 15th, or get paid once a month, it doesn't really matter. And it doesn't matter whether you're making $25,000 a year or you're making $150,000 a year because the rules are still the same. It's kind of like if you set out from your home and you're driving to Disney World, well, it doesn't really matter if you're driving a 1962 Rambler or you're driving a brand new Lexus. The directions are still the same. And with money, it's very much that way. What are we going to talk about today? We'll talk about debit cards a little bit. We're also going to have a uh, Ask RP. That is where you can reach out to Robert Palmer himself, and he will shed the light on whatever question you've got for him. We're going to talk about the Home Value Hotline. Why is it so important for you? We'll talk about the application fee. Really? An application fee? Are you kidding? And we'll talk about the refi promotion, and you don't have a lot of time. If you're going to take advantage of this promotion, you need to be thinking about it right now. But Robert, where do you want to start? I want to touch on the debit card issue. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, so the the big thing here, uh, and, you know, and, and, and Jill, uh, when we were in New York, uh, Jill momentarily thought she had misplaced her wallet. And I'm like, well, uh, well, at least you don't have a debit card on you this time around, right? Yeah, we remember the first yeah. story. <laughs> so uh, what what can happen, this is why I'm against debit cards. So when it comes to fraud protections, uh, legally, right? So now some banks will have additional protections, but but as far as the global market, what the law says, uh, you do not receive the same kind of fraud protections on a debit card mm-hmm. that you receive on a credit card, right? So on a credit card, you call them and you're, you're only liable, I think, for like the first $50. Right. Uh, even if it takes you a while to report and discover. Uh, on a debit card, on a debit card, you are, are responsible. Uh, if you report it in the first 48 hours, it's $50. After 48 hours, it goes to $500. Uh, and then after 30 days, you're, you're liable. You don't get any of the money back, right? So that, that part, yeah, you may catch it fast enough. That may or may not hurt you. The real problem is the fact that the thief is now dipping directly into your checking account, right? So uh, this is the this is the story I like to tell. This is the scenario that really paints this picture. Uh, so on one of Jill and mine's first date, uh, her purse was stolen. We were at a, a a club in downtown Orlando, and someone stole her purse. And they went immediately to a number of gas stations uh, and completely wiped out her bank account. And at the time, uh, she had a debit card, and they they were using her debit card. Uh, and so because of this, uh, her rent check ended up bouncing. Uh, which created a, a you know a nightmare with the landlord you know and, oh. and overdraft fees upon overdraft fees and return check fees and all of this disaster happening uh, because with a debit card see with a credit card so let's just kind of roll the same scenario back so in scenario A they take her debit card and they and they go she's got two thousand dollars in the bank and they wipe it all out and I don't know how much she had I'm just throwing out numbers uh, we weren't married or, or entwining our finances at that point so <laughs> we'll hypothetically say she had $2000 whatever she had they used it all sure so they go they she has $2000 in her checking account and they go roll up $2000 worth of charges on her debit card she now has $0 in her checking account oh. and uh, and 
and her rent bounces and all these terrible things happen. And I would say 10, 12, 14 days later, uh, all the money got put back because it was fraud and she did report it quickly. But still, for 10, 12, 14 days, she sat there with an overdrawn checking account racking up overdraft oh. charges. And I'll have to ask her if her bank worked with her on that. Hey, baby, if you're listening, send me a text, 35353, or my personal cell, and let me know if if the bank refunded you those overdraft fees or not. I don't I don't know that part of the story. Boy. So anyway, so all these overdraft fees, the account's negative. Uh, all this is happening, right? Let's go to scenario B. She had not, she was not carrying a debit card. All she had was credit cards. Right. So now she has $2,000 in her checking account. The, the thief takes her credit card and racks up $2,000 worth of charges. Well, how much money is in her checking account, Rob? $2,000. Still $2,000. She didn't lose any money. She didn't lose any money, right? So now her rent check doesn't bounce. Uh, no overdraft fees. Nothing happens. The, the worst thing happening to her right now is she has $2,000 sitting on a credit card, right, which isn't even racking up interest yet because it's, it's the billing cycle hasn't closed. We get the grace period. Nothing is happening. Her credit card limit is down by $2,000. But that's okay. She's got her two grand in the bank that she needs to live off of, right? And so then you you report it with the credit card companies. And from my experience, most credit card companies will take the transactions out almost immediately. That's All right. Good. And even right. if they do take some time to research it, it's not affecting your life because your two thousand dollars is still sitting in your checking account, right? And so I am so passionate about this. I made my bank give me an ATM card. Right. They're like, no, sir, we, we here's your check card. No, no, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I want an ATM card. You know, the kind with the pin number. Oh, well, yes, sir. This this check card right here can be used as an ATM card. No, you are not listening to me. <laughs> I am not accepting a card from you that has a Visa or a MasterCard logo on it and is tied to my checking account. Well, sir, I don't know if we even have those anymore. Well, you need to call someone. Or I'm going to close my account and go find a bank that does. Mm -hmm. And so I have a good old-fashioned ATM card. It does not have a Visa logo on it. It does not have a MasterCard logo on it. You cannot use it just with a signature. The only way to use this card is at an ATM machine with a PIN number, right? Nice. So this, this is my protection because most thieves have no way to crack my PIN number, right? Uh, you know, and, and and if they do, most ATMs have a limit. You can't take more than, I think you can't take more than four or $500 a day, mm-hmm. where sure. when that debit card is in, you know, when that card is in debit card mode, they can clean you out. Uh, so I do not carry a check card. I do not think uh, any of my financial ninjas should carry check cards. I think you should all go to your bank today and tell them you want an ATM card mm-hmm. that doesn't have a Visa logo on it and doesn't have a MasterCard logo on it. And the teller will look at you like you have seven eyes. And kind of like jaw drop, like what do you what yeah. you why don't no? It's so convenient, sir. You want the Visa check card? No, I do not. Right. I am not giving anyone who gets their hands on my wallet, you know, access to my checking account. So you know, think about it. When when we went to Rome, imagine if if we're over there, we're over in Rome, and somebody gets their hands on on your check card and cleans out your bank account. I mean, it's just scary. So uh, the other thing is, I I never I'm kind of paranoid about this, Rob. You yeah. know, obviously. Uh, I, I never carry all my credit cards either. There's always a couple at home Very smart. in the safe, right? Very smart. So if something goes wrong and my wallet gets stolen, I am not without, right? I, I can I can go home and I can grab my backup cards out of the safe. I can kill those couple cards uh, that got stolen and I can I can roll around and continue life as usual uh, because I put I charge everything and then I just pay it off, right? I mean, I because from a record keeping standpoint, uh, you know, it's it's so easy. I, I put everything on a credit card. Depending on what what week of the month it is, I, I use my credit card of the week based on the statement closing date so I can get maximum float. And I put everything on my credit cards, and then I pay them off. And that then I rack up a lot of points. And you'll be amazed uh, who – I would say pretty much everyone out there except for your mortgage company will take a credit card. You can pay just about anything on a credit card these mm-hmm. days, which is great. you know. And, and then, too, it's good record keeping. You know, I go back at the end of the month, yes. and I'm like, where did the money go? Let me – Pull up the whole card and figure it out, you know, like taxes into the year. Yeah, everything's right there. It's all right there. It's all right there. So that's yes, yeah, so that that's my big anti-debit card. You know, the 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 first one is just the legal protections. They're not there. They're not there in the same way as the credit card. And really, what's the benefit to us as a consumer? I mean, oh well. So the final thing uh, in our example. So I'm talking about credit cards and float, right? So when when you use a debit card, the money comes out of your checking account right then, right then, right? And and, and so. 
when, when I show people where they can put their money to earn a little yield, which we're going to do in, in later shows, if your money's there, it's earning you a little bit of interest. And, and if you can, if you use credit cards, you get 60 days in some cases to pay that money back without paying a dime of interest during the, the statement period and then the grace period. Well, if you're using a debit card, you don't get that float. The minute you charge it, it comes out of your bank account. Mm -hmm. Your ability to earn money on your money goes away. You know, and, and again, because interest rates have been so low for so long, uh, a lot of people are kind of like, well, I can't earn money on my money anyway. Well, you, there are ways, but more importantly, rates will not always be this low. And what I will tell you, Rob, is that when, when interest rates, when Fed rates were in the fives and sixes, right, I still had a credit card that was at 9.99. And now that the Fed rate is, is basically nothing, credit card rates didn't really come down. Right? Oh. And so, you know, uh, uh, while long-term interest rates came down, short-term interest rates for most consumers did not come down the way as much as the loss of income on savings and checking and other things did. So what I will tell you is we will quickly be back in an environment where interest rates are higher, where you can earn money on CDs and savings and everything, and these strategies, because the amount of interest you pay on a credit card during the grace period it will always be zero. So even if you can earn 1%, 2 3% on your money— which those days are coming back. I promise you, they are coming back. I, you know, I, uh, I am very involved in an industry that is very tied to interest rates. <laughs> and, and trust me, I make a lot more money when rates are low, but I am not, uh, I am not ignorant to the fact that rates are going mm -hmm. to go up. Uh, and so as we see rates increase, um, you know, as we see rates increase, we're going to have more opportunities as financial ninjas to take advantage of the system. I'm also going to uh, put together, a, you know, a tutorial for people on the website uh, in the coming weeks. That'll be our second research project. So after the credit card research project is done, uh, then we will work on a research project for where I think you can invest your money safely nice. to earn some basic yield. Because that, that's the two sides of this equation, right? In order to maximize and make money off of our money and be a financial ninja, we have to minimize the amount of interest we pay. But then we have to have a way to earn a little interest as well that's right and short of loan sharking you know down on the corner <laughs> to your buddies uh we're going to show you some safer ways to to invest your money all right robert we're off to a good start i'd like to take this opportunity to tell our people all about savingthousands.com that's right listeners savingthousands.com goes right along with this radio show that's right and right along with our saving thousands app on your phone and right along with the 24 hour a day, seven day a week channel on iHeart where you can listen to Robert and 24 hours a day. That's kind of cool, right? Well, savingthousands.com is kind of like a warehouse. When you go to savingthousands.com and you open up the app, it's it's an amazing amount of tools. It's an it's like walking into an expo at your giant convention center in your town. And you're gonna find so much information there, it's gonna be kind of like Oh, I see. I can go there and learn about home buying. Ooh, I see there I can learn about refinancing. Oh, there's all the rules of credit cards. Ooh, the student loan section. Yeah, all of that is right there and so much more at savingthousands.com. I just want to take you to the top of the homepage. It's a great place to start, right? We've got to start at the top, right? So we've got the rules. That would be the Saving Thousands Rules to Success. We have radio shows. Those are archive shows that Robert Palmer and I have done over the past eight to 10 years. Yeah, there's a lot there. I think there's some 400 hours of information. And then we have station listings. Wherever you're going in the Southeast, as you're driving along, you'll be able to tune in to various stations just like this one that are information-based and going after great listeners like you. Well, when you go out of the zone of this station, you'll find other stations along the highways and byways that are playing us right now. So that's kind of cool. So look up station listings. Then there's Ask Robert, okay? Now, when you click on Ask Robert, there'll be a form. You simply put your question there. It's totally confidential. And of course, maybe in a radio show coming up, we might cite that very theme in part of our show. Like today, Robert, we do have an Ask RP. And this nice lady writes, that sometimes she hears you refer to smoke and mirrors, some of the tricks of the financial industry, and the fact that we've got to know what those tricks are so we don't fall for them. So she's asking you, this is Connie, and she's asking you to please elaborate on smoke and mirrors. 
All right. So when I talk about smoke and mirrors, to me, smoke and mirrors refers to magicians, right? Magicians. How do magicians make the car disappear? How do they cut the pretty girl in half? You know, how do they pull the rabbit out of the hat? It all has to do with distraction, right? Right. And, and distraction is the smoke and the mirrors. And so the smoke is the distraction. The mirror hides the objects, whatever it is. So smoke and mirrors to me is when someone is using techniques to try to hide the truth from us, to give us an illusion, okay, to deceive us. And, and that's what magicians do, right? They, they make you think there was a car there and then they made it disappear. When in reality, there was never a car there or the car is still there and you just can't see it anymore, right? This is what smoke and mirrors is all about. And, and so I know from a lot of years of experience at very large lenders, very large financial institutions, that they love this stuff. And, and they probably, back in the day, hired Houdini himself <laughs> to come in and design the credit card programs and the mortgage disclosures and who knows what else, because the idea is to muddy things up so much and distract us as consumers so much that we don't see what's coming, right? And so they distract us and, you know, they, they use fancy sales techniques and they use neuralistic programming to try to make us think words that we should. I mean, you would be amazed at the amount of money that companies that companies will use and invest in developing their smoke and mirrors so they can get you to pay their crazy fees without you realizing it. And this spans all of financial services, right? Personally, I think if they would just not charge the fees and then not waste all the money paying for the smoke and mirrors, they would probably come out pretty similar in mm -hmm. the end. That's what I did. Worked out really well for me. Yes, sir. Not everybody else gets it. So they're going to try to use, in mortgage, they're going to try to use the relationship they have with your real estate agent. They're going to try to use fear. Oh, well, if you don't go with me, you may not get the house. Well, look, let me tell you, the listing agent could care less that you're the buyer's agent's preferred lender. They've never heard of you. They don't like you. They probably hate you. And they're probably less likely to take the offer because you're using the, the your buyer's agent's preferred lender. That's a whole other topic. All right. But, but that's what this is all about. And, and so it's companies in financial services. They use fear. They use confusion. Uh, they they use fine print. You know, it, it's the the order they give you the documents in. It's the timing of the documents. Well, we need to make sure they're emotionally invested in the home before we show them all the crazy fees. Because if they love the home, they won't question the fees. Oh, and if they do question the fees, and we'll scare the crap out of them. We'll tell them that their FICO score is going to drop. We'll tell them that the, the realtor won't sell them the house if they don't use us. We're going to use fear and, and misdirection and confusion. And that is the smoke and mirrors in mortgage. In credit cards, uh, the smoke and mirrors is trying to get you to sign up for a card while you're in line at a department store. Right? Your, your mind frame is you're trying to check out. There's people in line behind you. You don't really want to get into a financial discussion of APRs and, and annual fees and all these things. And so they know that you're on tilt. You're off balance. It's the best time to try to sell you a credit card. That is smoke and mirrors. This is what I'm talking about. Every financial services industry uses it. They all use it to try to suck more money out of us as consumers. And we have to be aware of it because guess what, Rob? If you know where the mirror is... If you know the trick, it doesn't work anymore, right? That's there was that right. masked magician guy who came out and he exposed all the secrets of, of the big magicians and it didn't work anymore. If you know what they're doing, you see it. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. So if I can come in here and I can be the masked financial services guy, although I don't need a mask because I'm not scared of any of these guys. They can... They can come at me all they want. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to show you what the smoke and mirrors are. I'm going to expose the things they're trying to use to take advantage of you as a consumer. And once you are aware of it, it doesn't work anymore. All right. I want to continue our tour of savingthousands.com. And oh, by the way, I was reminded, a little note I got here from one of the staff, that I do have to remind you that when you go to savingthousands.com, that you have to spell out the word thousands. That fair enough? Okay. Savingthousands.com. You'll know when you get there because there's a big picture of Robert Palmer himself. But if you click on the tab that says radio shows, we can find out which one of the shows is being selected most as you play them on demand. So those kind of get up on our Hall of Fame or Wall of Fame or whatever we're going to call it. Of These are the shows that people are trending most to as they look at the list of categories. 
So I was looking back today before the show, and I was just kind of wanting to see, Robert, what some of the people are, are looking for as far as past radio shows. The one that is really leading the league, as it were, is you talking about being a better credit card holder. All right? Next in line, if we were doing a countdown, number two. Number two is quit being a financial zombie dictated by the late fees and dictated by threatening phone calls. You don't want to be that person. You want to be in charge of your money. So Robert talks about in that show going from a financial zombie to becoming a financial ninja. Number three is educating you on how you can take advantage of your credit score, take it by the handle, and raise that credit score simply by choosing the day of the month in which you pay your bills. It's that simple. Don't fall for the plastic sign sitting by the side of the road where somebody wants 250 of your hard-earned dollars saying they're going to clean up your credit. You know what's going to happen? They're going to freeze your credit, and for a day or two, it's going to really look good because it's frozen, and they're going to take your $250. Simple as that. So Robert has a full article on how you can do it yourself and do it a lot better. Here's one. Learn everything about a loan from start to finish. From application all the way through getting the money, that is a great, great radio show that Robert did. Robert, where do you want to go now on our Saving Thousands agenda? Yeah, real quick, Rob, let, let's uh, let's talk about Home Value Hotline for a second. Hey, let's do. You know, we're, we're talking about a more educated consumer. We're talking about uh, people understanding what they're getting into. And one of the keys to this uh, is, you know, we've been talking a lot about buying a home, getting sure. into a new home. Uh, maybe you're out there listening and you already own a home, as a lot of our listeners do. And so if you own a home, probably the most important thing to you uh, is to know what that home is worth, Right. Because a lot of decisions in your life are impacted by it. Like, you know, let's say, let's say, Rob, somebody out there listening right now, they, they've, they've been living in a house and they've had young children and now their first child is ready to go off to elementary school, mm-hmm. right? And, and maybe they want to have another child and, and the house is, they're in a three bedroom right now and to have another child, they really need a four bedroom. And they really want little Johnny to go to school at the other school district. You know, right now it was fine, but now they're realizing that the elementary school uh, in the school district they live in is not the best, and they yeah. want the best for little Johnny. We want little Johnny to grow up to be a brain surgeon. We want him to cure cancer. We want him to, you know, get the Nobel Peace Prize for solving world hunger. Uh, we have all these great aspirations for little Johnny. You know, we want him to be the first president of the United States uh, from your neighborhood, right? Nice. And, and so we need little Johnny to go to a good school. And uh, But unfortunately, you feel like you're stuck in your current house because maybe you bought it in 2005, girl, oh, not right? Good. I mean, that's about yes. it's about when you would have bought it, right? I mean, a new couple buys mm-hmm. a three-bedroom, two-bath house in 2005, and Never then a couple can. years 15. later, they get pregnant, right? And then the little Johnny is now getting to that point where he's ready to go off to elementary school. That's That timeline yeah. works. We're in there. And they maybe feel like they're still upside down in the house. Uh, and maybe they went online, and they went to the big Z <laughs> and got the big Z estimate, Trouble. The big inaccurate Z estimate. And it told him the house was only worth X when it's really worth Y. And so now you're feeling trapped in the house. You're feeling like little Johnny can't ever grow up to be president of the United States because <laughs> you paid too much for your house. And now little Johnny will never cure world hunger because you paid too much for the house and you're upside down and you can't sell it. Uh, and one simple call to the home value hotline may be able to dispel uh, all of those fears and problems. Because what we find, Rob is a lot of people's homes are worth a whole lot more than they think they are. You know, the the estimates are slow to keep up with the market, and they're very inaccurate. And home values have been increasing. We have seen a a huge increase in Central Florida home values over the last 18 to 24 months. And so if you want to know what your house is really worth, all right, we're going to have a live human being, and not a server farm in California, not not the latest Intel Xenon Double dipper processor out in uh, out in the Big Z server farm in the bunker in Palo Alto, <laughs> you know that that doesn't know what a house looks like. It's just crunching bits and bytes to try to spit out a number to make Big Z more money. Uh, we're gonna have an actual live breathing human being, someone who sets home prices in your neighborhood each and every day. The person who is making the market, the person who decided how much the home down the street got put up for sale for and how much the last home sold for. They were at the front line negotiating that contract. This is someone who has their pulse. They have the pulse of the neighborhood. They understand what homes are really worth. They can give you an accurate representation of your home's value. They will answer questions. They will guide you in the right direction. And they do this all for free as a favor to me 
as a part of the Saving Thousands Radio Network Home Value Hotline. So you can call it right now. It's a recorded message. You will hear my wonderful voice. I, like I will give you some basic instructions. You leave your name, phone number, the address of the property you would like the free home valuation on. There's no obligation. There's no hidden gotcha. This is a public service because I need more people to know that they actually have equity in their home and that they're able to sell that home so little Johnny can go to elementary school in the better school district and he can grow up to cure world hunger and become the president of the United States all at the same time. And mm. all they got to do, Rob, and you can call this 24 hours a day. That's it. And it's very high tech, right? I'm competing with the Xenon Triple Blue server <laughs> farm in California with a voicemail <laughs> box. It's expensive. What's the know. number, Rob? <laughs> give, them, give them the number. 866-222-8231. One more time. Well, maybe two. 866 222 8231. That's the home value hotline. It costs you nothing. It's accurate. It's the people who are actually selling homes in that area, that zip code. They know everything about it. Find out what your home is really, really worth. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Robert Palmer, Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer. And I hope you notice something. When you go to savingthousands.com or you listen to the radio show, we never have any commercials in our segment of the show. There's never any banner ads at Saving Thousands. Have you ever wondered about that? Are you ever thinking about, well, who's paying for all this? Well, Robert Palmer is paying it forward. You know, he's giving back. Robert Palmer has been very successful in finance. He has been very, very successful and has helped tens of thousands of families with his companies. But along the way, he's learned so much about how much people do not know about finance. And I mean, he came by that education and now he wants to pass it along to you. So therefore, savingthousands.com, the website of State of Eyes, the website Real Prospector, the savingthousands.com radio shows, the network, all of that is being paid for by Robert Palmer. It's sort of an endowment to teach you. You don't have to enroll in a class. You don't have to come to some, you know, community college. No, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. Just listen and read and learn. It's that simple. And some of the great articles based on Robert's speeches, based on some of his writings, are made into articles that you'll find on all three of those websites I mentioned and trending right now at savingthousands.com about the 10 steps to financial control, how you can get on track with your money in 2016. You can start managing your money from the very beginning. All right. The second most trending article right now at savingthousands.com is balance transfer. A good idea for a credit card debt or a bad idea? Robert will point out the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I want to get back to Robert Palmer, if I can, right now, because, Robert, there's so much we've got to cover in today's show. And driving in today, I was blown out of my car by one of those interstate side neat billboards, you know, with with the video effects and the bells and the whistles and the blowing up stars. And it was this big, big billboard. And I had to look at it because there was so much action on it. And then I was befuddled. It was from a loan company. It was from a well-known bank right here in central Florida. And what it says was for a limited time, no application fee. Are you kidding me? Isn't that great? For a limited time, we're not going to charge you to apply to loan you money so that we can make money off of you for the next 30 years. That's so noble of them. I don't, you know, I will say this, Rob. I don't know that I ever, ever charged an application fee, ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, even back when I was at the big billion-dollar company and, and we were charging fees, I don't I don't think we even had an application fee. I don't know anyone that charges an application fee. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I, there's a couple of big internet lenders that do because they, uh, you know, they, they basically bank on, on the fact that they got to get your credit card up front and got to get you committed and locked in before mm-hmm. you have time to figure out that you don't really want their mortgage. So they hit you for this big non-refundable application fee, but yeah, I, most lenders do not charge an application fee ever. So it, it just it, it intrigues me that someone would would have a commercial advertising a lack of an application fee. Uh, so the idea behind an application fee, so usually with most mortgage companies, you pay the fees at closing, right? Mm-hmm. So the underwriting fee, the processing fee, the credit report fee, the origination fee, the mortgage broker fee, the the thanks for calling us fee, the fax fee, the FedEx fee, the closing fee. Like, I mean, the, you know, the, the you sat in our lobby and drank a cup of coffee fee. 
uh, you usually pay all of those fees at closing mm-hmm. because at least these companies have the decency to only charge you lots of crazy fees after they have delivered you a mortgage and gotten you into your new home or you refinance. Uh, the whole concept of this application fee is I'm going to now charge you something before I do any work, and it's going to be non-refundable. And there's some companies out there that get rich just off of these application fees. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. So, you know, in my opinion, the only thing you should give a mortgage company up front uh, is the money for the appraisal. And right. I understand that because, the, you know, the appraiser is a third party. He's got to get paid. If you decide you don't like the house anymore and you don't want to buy it, if you decide you don't want to close, whatever it is, that appraiser did that work, route that money. Like that's sure. that I understand. But the idea of an application fee, hey, we're going to we're going to charge you $500 for the privilege of letting us try to get you a mortgage. I mean, it's just it's it, I'm amazed anyone pays it. And and we run into it sometimes because what will happen is they will they will call another lender first and and if this is a big online lender uh, who does a lot of advertising and may own a professional sports team, uh, they uh, <laughs> They get them for an application, a non-refundable. I think it's like five hundred bucks or six hundred dollars for this application fee, and then they call us, and and we're cheaper, and we don't have any fees, and it's like, oh, this is great, but I've already spent five or six hundred dollars on this other company's application fee, and I can't get it back. And so now I'm like, so you're gonna because you don't want to forfeit the six hundred dollars you already gave them, you're going to pay them an additional two to three thousand in worthless fees. Mm. Like, like let's be real here, folks. You know, Robert, a lot of people that listen to this show are either thinking about becoming a homeowner or they're in the process of it, or maybe they've taken some of these winter afternoons and they've kind of driven around the neighborhoods of their town and they've looked at some of the model centers. They got that fever. They got the bug. They want to buy a house. And so much goes into buying a house. And so many of the articles that we'll find at savingthousands.com, Estate Advice, and Real Prospector have a lot to do with buying or selling homes. But the first thing we want to make sure of is that people get a solid pre-approval, not some carbon copy or formed letter that simply says, yes, John and Judy can qualify for a new home. Well, that doesn't mean anything. What they need is a validated pre-approval. And I just want to point out that your company, RP Funding, does the documentation up front. They do so much of the homework up front So when you all offer a pre-approval, when the realtor looks at that, when the home seller looks at that, it says it right down the middle. This is a validated pre-approval. These people are now approved. Now, as long as those people don't do something crazy between the time they got the pre-approval and the time that they go through the end of the mortgage program and get that closing, as long as they don't go up and open up a bunch of lines of credit or something, that validated pre-approval is really money in the bank. And so if a person is looking at three or four offers on their home or eight or 10 offers of their home, the realtor that is acting on their behalf is going to pull out that pre-validated pre-approval from you. And they're going to say, well, this is our best deal. Let's go with these people because we know we're going to close on time. That is the validated pre-approval. And you can start today by going online to rpfunding.com, rpfunding.com, or you can simply call the office at 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. Know now, know before you owe, and know that you are going to be approved for the loan. I read an article, and I know Robert read it too, and it's the fact that single-family homes, there are, there are companies investing billions in single-family homes to rent them. Robert, interest rates are low. We've recovered from the crunch. Why aren't people buying their homes? Yeah, so this article talks about uh, these big companies who were snatching up houses. And I kind of want to talk about this in two different facets. One, Rob, is you know everybody thought that when they quit buying homes, because they're still buying but not quite at the clip they were, uh, and there was this big fear they were going to sell the homes, right? And when they sold the homes, it was going to crash home values. Mm-hmm. Remember this, Rob? This was, oh, yeah. this was the big panic. Uh, you know, because the idea was, well, these guys have to make money. And, and so if they bought all these homes and now the homes have gone up in value so much, well, they're going to turn around and dump the homes. They're going to sell the homes and glut the market, and, and they're going to flood the market and they're going to ruin home values. It's, it's going to be a disaster. And this was this was probably the, the warning alarm 18 months ago. Right. 
But these guys are, are too smart for that. So here's, here's the two things that they knew. Uh, one, they recognize the number of people right now who, for whatever reason, just want to rent. And, and I think that this whole rental mentality is a, we'll call it a hangover effect from the crash. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a lot of people are, are still either stuck because they can't buy yet because of a past foreclosure or a past short sale. Uh, you know, they lost a home and haven't been able to bounce back quite yet. They haven't met the waiting periods imposed by the, the government-sponsored enterprises who run lending, uh, which is Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Jenny Mae. And uh, so that, that's the first issue. And then the others is people whose lives were affected, right? So, you know, people who saw mom and dad go through a bad spot, you know, maybe, you know, people who have a brother or sister who went through a, a bad spot because of housing. And so there is still some skepticism and fear on, on the part of the consumer and the general public. Now, who is not skeptical and who is not afraid of, of, uh, of housing is, is big hedge funds and, and Wall Street and the market. And, and so what these guys did was really brilliant. Uh, for a couple of reasons. That's what we're going to talk about. So they, they purchased all these homes, right? And, and then the fear was, well, these are, these guys are doing this for a profit and they're probably going to sell the homes. And when they sell the homes to take their profit, uh, we're going to have this big crash in home values. Well, these guys were really smart. And what they figured out is instead of selling the homes, right? Instead of selling the homes back to families, they would sell securities backed by the homes effectively borrowing against all the future profits of the homes. Now, let me tell you, Rod, there's a couple reasons why this is brilliant. Uh, one, because they do own and continue to own so many homes, and then they're buying homes all across the country. They buy in different markets at different times. They were really hot in Florida for a while. They've kind of hit a saturation here, so they're buying more in other parts of the country. Uh, but what they recognized was if they turn around and resell all of these homes, they would affect home prices, right? Mm -hmm. Which would impact their own pocketbook. Their own portfolio. Right, their own portfolio. <laughs> they, they would be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Number two, the income tax implications of selling those homes at a profit is huge. They would have to pay income tax on all of those gains. Mm. Well, guess what happens, Rob? When you borrow against something... It doesn't trigger a tax event. That's right. Right? And, and, so, and so here's what they, they figured out. So if they sold the homes, it would lower home values, would hurt their own portfolios. If they sold the homes, they would own a big chunk of the, the income to the IRS and Uncle Sam. And they didn't want to do that because these are greedy Wall Street guys and they don't want to give up a dime of profits. And then on top of that, there's huge demand for rentals because a lot of people are scared to buy, think they can't buy. Or just aren't a, some really can't some think they can't and some are just afraid to right that's what's going mm -hmm. on and so there's this huge demand for rentals and so they they these guys were smart and so here's what they did they didn't just borrow against and securitize the current value of the home Rob they securitized the future value of all the rental payments they're going to receive okay I mean this is this is wow. this is brilliant stuff I mean this is this is high finance stuff. And so what happens now is they actually can't sell the houses because they didn't borrow against the house. They borrowed against the future value of the rental income. One so they've got, to, they've got to keep it so they can get that rental income to fulfill what they securitized. Wow. So the risk of any of these homes going back up for sale has basically been eliminated. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and, and think about this. I mean, this, the size of this offering— when you look at how much money, I forget what the article said, Rob. It was it was a, a ridiculous amount of money. This this securitization, I think they said, was twice as large as their last one. So yeah. they did this once about a year ago, and they and they got a bunch of money, and now they've done it and they've doubled the amount of money. And these are huge, huge numbers, which shows that Wall Street believes in what's happening in American housing, right? And, and these guys believe in what's happening in American housing. And what's going to happen is is when the when they fulfill the the income stream that they securitized, right? So that they securitized the next three years, five years, seven years worth of uh, rental income into these securities to borrow against it. Once that time period has elapsed, they still own all the houses, right? Wow. You know, and mm. so and they're going to turn around and do it again. So th to me, this is just a clear, clear indicator 
of what an amazing investment, what a great investment housing has become again. Robert, right now, can you catch us up on that no closing cost refi where actually you are spending your money to pay people's closing cost on a refi? I mean, you've spent a lot of money. So Rob, I'm getting a final tally together for the uh, the two and a half million dollars because we've got to be getting close. You know, we, we started this thing in late January. Uh, you know, uh, we, I knew we've been close. I guess I need to get an actual physical tally to see if we're there. Uh, you know, so, but let me tell you, so far this thing has been a huge success. Uh, you know, we just finished up the month of May, obviously. And so I, I took some time and I sat down with my, my staff and we went over the results. You know, so I, I started this this campaign in February taking applications. So most of the most of the, the loans started closing in like, you know, March. So we've had March, April, May now out of the way, but but the important thing is the the benefits of it we are already feeling, right? And so let me give you a little backstory before I get into the results here. Uh, you know, for some of our listeners maybe who who are unaware of, of what I did, I'm calling this my my big two and a half million dollar social experiment. I've had a lot of people ask me what's the catch. Uh, you know, there really isn't a catch from my standpoint. It is what it is. Uh, so let me let me tell you what I gained from this, right? Uh, and so, you know, the one thing we figured out is even by the time we paid all the closing costs, we still make some money uh, because of the the servicing revenue we earn. So, as a, a mortgage loan servicer, and so this is money I couldn't make uh, back in the day when I was a mortgage broker. You know, this is the money your average loan officer doesn't get to make. You know, this is really uh, something reserved for lenders. And there's only you know 300 something of us in the entire country uh, that can service loans and, and make money uh, long term off of mortgages. And so the, the servicing fees really add up. And based on the forecast now of how long people are going to keep their loans, especially when you realize that rates have crept up a tad. So the people who refied with me a couple months ago, their rate is now below market. So the chance of them refinancing or paying off is now less. So those servicing uh, values, what's called an MSR, a mortgage servicing right, those MSRs have already increased. So I've already made extra money. I, I could sell those MSRs right now uh, for a healthy profit because they're at rates that are below current market. Uh, and so that, that part of the gamble so far has paid off for me uh, as far as the, the rates not getting lower uh, after we, we did the, the no closing cost refi. So kind of the whole concept behind this is I took, I took two and a half million bucks. And again, the number one question I get is what's the catch? You know, what's the whatever? It's pretty simple. I, I took two and a half million dollars out of my advertising budget, right? So this is money I was going to spend on uh, on commercials, billboards, whatever else. And if you look at last year, right, we were primarily a purchase company. Uh, we didn't really advertise much for refinances. We, uh, you know, we last couple of months of the year we did, but but for most of the year we did not. Uh, something like eighty five percent of our business last year was people buying houses, and only fifteen percent was people refinancing. Uh, so first off, any refinances I do. Uh, even by paying all the closing costs and giving up that revenue, giving up that potential profit, uh, it wasn't money I was making before because we weren't closing a lot of refinance transactions. But the real reason I did it was for the word of mouth advertising, right? Because I, I believe and, well, I hoped, and the social experiment I'm running says that, okay, if I give this, if I take this $2.5 million and instead of giving it to the TV station and instead of giving it to the radio station, instead of giving it to the United States Postal Service for direct mail, instead of giving it to Google for pay-per-click advertising and Facebook for Facebook advertising and all these other things, billboards, instead of spending it on billboards, if I take this $2.5 million and instead of spending it there, I give it back to customers by paying all of their closing costs when they refinance their home loan, right? What's going to happen? Am I going to lose business, right? I mean, that's, that's the fear. That's my only real potential downside. So yes, I am giving up profit on refinances by paying all the closing costs, but I've never really made a lot of profit off of refinances because we didn't do many. You know, we didn't, we didn't close a lot of refinances. When you look at my, when I look at my 2014 uh, profit and loss financial statement, the amount of money we made off of refis was almost nothing because most of our volume was purchase business. So I didn't have anything to lose there. Uh, now, now the big fear, the big risk I ran was if by taking this money out of the advertising budget, if my purchase business dropped, right? If the purchase business went down, now I'm losing money, right? Now I'm in trouble because I'm not spending this two and a half million dollars 
on TV commercials and billboards and radio and everything else to get us more purchase business, right? You advertise to get business. So I'm not spending this money on advertising to get new purchase business, to get more purchase business. So the big fear, the big risk that I have is that my purchase business goes down. And this is the big social experiment. What I believe is that word of mouth, people having a great experience with RP funding on a no closing cost refi, on a refinance where I paid all the closing costs using this money out of my advertising budget, that those people, the people who receive the benefit of that are going to tell their friends and family. And that that personal testament from a friend or a family member is more powerful than the message I can get across from TV commercials and radio commercials and billboards and everything else. That was the big gamble I took. And so what I banked on is that it would counterbalance. It would counterbalance so that we did not lose any purchase business. Well, Rob, guess where we sit today? So we've tallied this up. And since January, uh, when we when we put this campaign in place, uh, not only has our purchase business not gone down, it's actually up over 80% increase. Almost doubled, right? Almost doubled. So putting the $2.5 million, now, now some of that is because of the market, right? Some of that is because we're in the spring buying season. But but even that, we, we, are, we are well above last year's levels for this time of year when I was putting all of that $2.5 million into advertising, right? Anybody, anybody who watches TV notices I'm not on there near as much, right? My billboards are gone. If you drive down I-4, you don't see the billboards anymore. I took that money. I canceled that advertising. I am using that $2.5 million to pay people's closing costs, running a gigantic social experiment to see if $2.5 million worth of word-of-mouth advertising by paying all of your closing costs is more powerful than TV and radio and billboards. And the answer is an overwhelming yes, because our volume has not only not gone down, we're up 80% since I start over 80% since I started this campaign. Now, let me tell you how much money we're making, right? We make, we make good money, right? I, I make my margins. I, I'm not paying all the closing costs on purchases, right? We, we still give people a great low rate. Uh, you know, we don't charge any lender fees. So I don't make as much money as the competitors do. But when you're talking about an 80 plus percent increase in volume, we're doing very, very well. All right. And then you take into account the servicing valuations, as I mentioned earlier, because interest rates are now higher than they were for most of the loans that I made over the last three or four months. The value of those mortgage servicing rights has now increased dramatically, making us more money. And so I guess my point to this whole thing is uh, just like the experiment I ran when I said, you know what, I'm going to stop charging lender fees, right? I'm going to stop charging junk fees. I'm going to stop charging underwriting fees and processing fees and closing fees and all these garbage fees that the rest of the industry charges, right? I did that six years ago, seven years ago, and that worked. That that worked out. That paid off for me. Uh, that led to volume. That led to success from my company because we were putting our consumers first. Now I have taken consumers who are refinancing their home loans and I have put them ahead of the TV stations and put them ahead of the billboard companies and put them ahead of the radio stations by taking the $2.5 million out of the advertising budget and using it to pay all of people's closing costs when they refinance with RP funding and my purchase business where I get to make my money because I'm not paying all the closing costs, right? We give them the same rate. You get the same rate whether you're purchasing or refinancing. On the refinance, I'm paying all the closing costs. On the purchase, I am not. I make some money over there. That business is up 80% as a part of this experiment. So I would call that an overwhelming success, Rob. It has worked out exactly how I thought it was. Another home run here, right? Another success. And who won? I won. The consumer won. All of those people who have refinanced with us and had paid no closing costs because I paid them all. Every consumer who so far has gotten a piece of that $2.5 million, maybe they thought it was too good to be true. Maybe they thought there was going to be a catch. Maybe they thought there was going to be hidden fees or tacked onto the back or whatever. And when they get to the closing table and there's none of those things, and it's exactly what I told them it was going to be, a great rate with no cost period because I'm paying them all. When they see it's exactly what I said it was going to be, they go tell their friends and family. That's boosting our purchase business up over 80% growth since I rolled out this program, which is massive. 
a huge success. So this worked. This was a win. This was an absolute win. I won. The consumer won. The only people who lost in this whole deal are the TV stations, the radio stations, the billboard companies, the United States Postal Service, Google, and whoever else I used to spend money with advertising that I took this two and a half. Now, now, now look, I'm not completely dark. I didn't take my entire advertising budget and cancel it. I took two and a half million of it out, right? That's a decent sized chunk of it. It's not the whole thing. I took two and a half million bucks out of there. So they lost two and a half million dollars in revenue. I picked up an 80% boost in business and my consumers, my clients, my borrowers saved two and a half, will have saved two and a half million dollars in closing costs. We're not there yet. We're getting close. I'm going to keep going until I give away the full two and a half million. And you know what, Rob, at that point, I'm probably going to, going to put more money in the pot. I mean, 80%, over 80% increase in purchase business since I rolled out the refinance program where I pay all the closing costs, a huge success. So not now, normally, I would increase my advertising budget, right? When volume goes up like that, I would dump more money into advertising. So the idea here is instead of dumping more money into advertising, now I'm going to dump more money into paying all of your closing costs. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking about refinancing your home, be a part of this huge success. Be a part of this huge social experiment. Get all of your closing costs paid. There's no catch. There's no gimmick. There's no hook. I just want you to tell your friends and family how great we are. I want you to tell your friends and family how great the experience is. I want you to help boost my purchase business even higher. And to bribe you to do so, to bribe you to become an RP funding customer, I'm going to pay all of your closing costs when you refinance. The doc stamps, the intangible tax, the title insurance, the closing fees. I'm going to reimburse you for the appraisal. I'm going to pay all of it so you have zero costs. I'm writing all these checks. I'm taking the money out of the advertising budget. We're all winning. I'm winning. You're winning. The only losers here are the big media companies, and they got plenty of money. I'm not feeling sorry for them at all. Let's keep this going. Be a part of it. Call right now, 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-FUNDING, 855-773-8634, or pop on over to rpfunding.com. That's rpfunding.com. Com. My initials, Robert Palmer, rpfunding.com on the internet. You can apply online, get your piece of my $2.5 million, be a part of this winning social experiment, this winning $2.5 million social experiment I'm running to see if the power of word-of-mouth advertising that I can get by refinancing your home loan and paying all the closing costs out of my pocket is more powerful than giving those same dollars those same exact dollars would have been given to TV stations, radio stations, billboard companies, and everybody else. But instead, it's going to you. It's going to you in the form of me paying your closing costs, 855-773-8634. Be a part of it. Save money. Benefit today, 855-773-8634. Well, Robert, that's going to wrap us up. Talk about an important and informative show. I believe all of our shows are like that. And I hope that people will go to savingthousands.com, click on radio shows, and on their demand, they'll be able to listen and learn 24-7. Whenever you wake up sometime, you can't go back to sleep, hit one of our shows, and then you'll lay your head on the pillow saying, I'm more empowered. I'm not going to worry about this loan. I'm not going to worry about this bill. I am in charge. That's what it's all about, making you a financial ninja and along the way, even though you didn't get a raise at work, you'll have more money. That's just what happens when you save thousands with Robert Palmer.